Hello, I'm Annalisa Mackey, CEO of PADS Program LLC, publishers of the award-winning PADS Social Emotional Learning Curriculum for Preschool to Grade 5, and the author of the Evidence-Informed Emozi SEL Program for 6th through Grade 12, and the co-author of the upcoming book, Social Emotional Classroom, A New Way to Nurture Students and Understand the Brain. Welcome to this episode of Social Emotional Us, a podcast for educators, parents, and anyone interested in improving the lives of children through social emotional learning. Today, I'm joined by Keith Anderson, co-author of Life Worth Living, a mental health analogy, and founder of Worth Living Mental Health Consulting, which offers a blog, podcast, consulting, and conferences. Welcome, Keith. Thanks so much for joining us today. So we've known each other a long time. I but I don't think we should say how long. <laughs> it's been a long time. I was right? thinking that this morning when we, when we first met, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. We so sure, I was so sure. I believe at a meeting. Yeah, I actually I remember you driving me up to Sydney, didn't you? Yeah. One. Yeah. I remember. Yep. Yeah. 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 Wow. Several hours in the car, so we got to know each other pretty darn good. Indeed. And indeed. And kind of connected, kept in touch ever since. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to launch Worth Living. Certainly. Okay. Thanks for the opportunity. My background, it's been a journey. That's the word I, I tend to use. Okay. I know some people use the word story. To me, story has the beginning, middle, and end. I use the word myself for, for many years. A journey is ongoing. It's, 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 it's still happening where I fit. My background, I'm a lawyer. I had depression for many years, did not know it, did not recognize it as such. I was diagnosed with, with severe clinical depression by, by, by my family doctor of 25, 30 years. So he knew me very well. That was a Friday morning at 930 in 2003. That's pretty specific, Keith. Oh, I, 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 I remember it. I remember the office, the room we were in. I remember everything. Why does it stand out for you so strongly? As a lawyer, um, depression. <laughs> The idea of empathy that I've learned in recent years, lawyers and empathy don't go together. Okay, it's a whole, it just doesn't fit. We clash. We we don't you know we have empathy for others. If we do, we take advantage of it. As a lawyer, that's sort of what you, what one would do. So uh-huh. I hear depression and so on, and and I was kind of dismissive, honestly, of of mental health and issues and challenges that people may have had, and here I am faced with it myself. And my doctor Bobby Cohen, and we we were friends basically by that point. We I spent a half hour with him. Normally, my family dog would, you know, with Bobby, you know, normally five minutes. He took time to, to, to talk with me and spend time with me. The following Tuesday evening, I had a what I call a mental breakdown at my sister's house in Halifax here in Nova Scotia. <laughs> so on a Friday, I'm practicing law at a very high level, you know, successful firm, all the so-called trappings of success, okay, in my life. From, from, from that picture to, you know, a, a mental breakdown and, and collapsed in bed for months. Oh, gosh. I didn't leave the house for many years. Weekly therapy was was my treat of the of the week. The two friends who did show up, Annalise, okay, said that to me. Keith, I don't know what to do. We'll figure it out. In whatever way is needed. I mean, in your book, in your portion of talking about your story, you talk about your mom driving you to your counseling appointments every week and then having, you know, celebrating that you, you know, going out for and a bite of food afterwards. And you know, that's what your mom could offer, but that was super meaningful to you, right? Oh, huge. Yeah. Huge. You know, and the idea of celebrating. <laughs> Therapy yeah. and celebration, again, kind of don't go together. But in our context, it did. 
Right. Because I was making progress, very mm-hmm. small progress some weeks. Even to, to this day, when something good happens in my mm-hmm. life, like an email perhaps, or you know, the chance to, to speak with you and Lisa today. Where are you going for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> if we were closer, we'd go for dinner. One day we'll go for dinner, okay? We're going to have to. We have to catch up face-to-face. Definitely one day, for sure. But but I, I acknowledge it. I'm grateful for it, and I celebrate it. And I still celebrate with good food. I'm kind of like Pavlov's dogs. You know, I, 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 the response is, is you know, you know, celebration, and I, I get, like, tomorrow night, I'll, I'll get some, some something special to eat. It's been a great week. Okay, phenomenal. Great opportunities below are happening. I want to recognize that. Because right. so many years in the darkness, as I call it, you know, cut off relationships. I bought a house hidden away from the world. This gorgeous house on a lake, no neighbors for miles. I bought it to hide. Mm-hmm. Not to enjoy the yeah, fruits of your enough. labor, but no, to hide. Not at, all. not at all. And the so-called cabins of success, I had the house on the lake. Great, great family, as I mentioned. Okay, The most amazing girlfriend, partner I've ever met in my life. I'm, we're no longer together. And then I met her one day. It just changed my life. My depression got in the way. I had vehicles. I had trips. I had all this stuff. But I go home at night and cry all night. I sleep for for days. Make plans and cancel them, or not make plans with her. And it was. And I didn't understand what it was. As a lawyer, I think logically, I have checklists and protocols and procedures in place. That's just how we were trained, and educated. And then depression though, has no logic. This angst, this turmoil in my head, was just unfolding. And and, and this angst. I didn't know what it was. I had no mm-hmm. idea. Okay, to the point of, of, you know, some pretty dark thoughts. And then, so while you're going through this and not having the diagnosis, I guess, right, of depression, did you did you try to talk to anybody about how you were feeling? Nothing, just kept it inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like to sort of shift a little bit to talking about um, mental health and well-being in schools and in education. Because I think that that is also a significant area for, you know, teachers, um, students. And so what are your thoughts around well-being and mental health and acceptance in in a workplace environment like a a school? Um, I see a school like like any workplace. They're principal teachers and custodians and so on. Okay, students, of course. Okay. It's, it's a community in, in, in its own, pretty much. I think what's happened of late with, with, with COVID, it's the surveys here in Canada, UBC, University of British Columbia, and, and the Canadian Mail Association did a survey, a research project during COVID, and the numbers are scary. The thoughts of suicide have gone up by fivefold. Yeah. That's unsettling. Listening is huge. Okay. I'm a big listener mm-hmm. and a big watcher. I've, I've always been. And people ought to, you know, sit back and, and, and look at their community, be it a school, as, I, as I've suggested, you know, be it your family, be it colleagues in, in, any, in any profession, in any workplace. What would you say the hallmarks are of a, an, a workplace environment that has good mental health? Like what, what would people be looking for? Like the check marks. What are we looking for to make sure that we have those things? The check marks, it's, it's, it's got to be a, a joint effort. The Mental Health Commission of Canada has put out, uh, uh, they call it the standard, I believe, okay, that, that I've looked at. And it deals with, with workplaces. Mm-hmm. Um, the checklist is basically management from the CEO down to whatever the old manager staff as well. It's an open discussion. And it's a joint effort. 
to have a, a healthy workplace. If somebody has a broken leg, yeah, no, no question, take the week off, okay? Down to the cancer, the same thing. Depression, I saw you at the mall. Why didn't you come to work? Attitude. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I couldn't get out of bed that morning. The checklist, I think, is, is, is open dialogue, you know, resources, look for the resources. The resources are available, certainly. Make the effort. Language is important, for example. I'm a big person. As a lawyer, language was important. It's important to me now as well. So can you give us some examples of language, what you mean by that? Crazy. Ah, okay. Don't like it. Okay, obviously. I, I went to a, my very first mental conference in 2008. I spoke at it. I had a little group that I spoke to, okay, and I went to this, this big conference. It was a national one here. And the keynote, who I've gotten to know since, a phenomenal person, phenomenal mental health, okay. He was talking about consumers in, 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 his, in his keynote. I was sitting at the table thinking, what the heck is he talking about? I didn't understand what consumer meant. Mm-hmm. Besides what people like me, we were called consumers because we consumed resources like that. I don't know what it will, I don't know. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy who had depression. I'm not a consumer. Even then, I, I, I had difficulty with the language. That's yeah. not used anymore. Okay, crazy, nuts, for example, okay. lunatic, you know. And sometimes it, it, it's, it's the context as well. So many people will go to mental illness as, 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 as the source of so many troubles in society. And it's not. Ah, okay. So that and opens at the door for a conversation about something that's on a tragedy that's occurred just recently in uh, Uvalde, Texas, and that I'm sure you uh, probably people all around in North America at very least have heard about it. It's it's for a sure. it's a tragedy. Yeah, um, and of course, sorry. we hear a lot about people talking talk about mental illness. And of course, you know, you have to think that for someone to have done something like that, they couldn't have been thinking in their right mind. Sure. Because who, who would do that? Who would in their right mind do that? But I would like your perspective on that, this, that conversation around mental health and some th- these sorts of incidents that occur. Because it does seem that people immediately like to link mental illness with this. I would like to be interested to hear your perspective. Yeah, and thanks for this opportunity, because it's a, it's, it's a passion. And when I hear mm-hmm. this, this unfolding, my condolences to the families in the, in the community, of, of course. Tragic, horrific, unsettling. You cry watching the news. After the initial you know, reaction, I sit back and I watch mm-hmm. and I wait. Because at some point here, you know, very soon, somebody who, who, who knows nothing, I'll, I'll be a bit, a, bit, a bit forceful here, okay, who knows nothing about mental health or anything, that's their default. They will say, the shooter, mental illness, that's why. Some politicians, some are usually, you know, will we'll make that comment, and that's their, and I'll, I'll say that's their excuse. We, we have a different culture here in Canada, that's for sure. We don't have the Second Amendment, okay, we don't, we if you have a gun, you're a hunter. That's pretty much all, all, all how it fits here. So we just don't don't have that culture at all. But yeah, a politician somewhere will say, you know, it's mental illness. Okay, and then days later, and, and we've heard since, even uh, you know, Governor Abbott, okay, who I not a fan, that's for sure, said no history of mental health or criminal behavior. So you know, 
but it won't matter. Another politician will will, will say mental illness was, was the reason. We have occasions. We have shootings here in, in Canada. We, we had one in Nova Scotia last year where twenty two people were, were killed. Okay, but one person. You know, horrendous. But we won't have that next month. We'll have right. that next year. Maybe 20 more years before something occurs. Right. Australia, New Zealand did the same thing after, after you know, mass shootings there. And, and things were shut down. And nothing, you know, n- nothing regular. Right. And I mean, I was reading, I was reading in an article this yesterday or today that in this year alone, there has been 27 school shootings to date. Yeah. I have trouble wrapping my head around it, honestly. How do you talk about mental health safety in schools when things like this occur and teachers, this is their work environment, children, this is their school environment? How do we have a discussion around mental health and safety in workplace, in the workplace when there's this specter over their heads? almost on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion, school boards or those in those positions, if you will, ought, you know, as I mentioned, a school I see as a community, basically, you know, they ought to strive. It's, it's not, you know, uh, always, you know, perfect. Okay. But they ought to strive to create a safe and healthy environment. Right. I, I, I'm the provincial lead here in Nova Scotia for peer support groups. And to get people to come together and talk and share, I've got to create a safe environment for them to do so. I've got to share my challenges up front and first. Then they go, oh, Keith will not judge me. He will not ridicule me. You know, he'll accept me and we'll have a, we'll have a discussion. That's how they work. Okay. And I'm not saying that a school should be a peer support group. No, but, it, you know, create a safe environment, you know, talk about issues. Okay. Be open, be transparent. There was a time in this, not, not that long ago. Okay. Suicide was not discussed, even by mental health professionals. Yeah. Now it is. Okay, as it ought to be. I couldn't figure it then back then. Why don't everybody has mental health? The idea is that it's open and talk about it. But suicide, we still hush hush with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it, I, I'm, the, I'm the peer lead. I'm the, I'm the suicide prevention lead here as well because it's a topic now of conversation. It's important to, to, to be addressed. Um, talk about these issues. Okay, children, teenagers. You know, they're smart. Yes. Okay. In, in, in in today's world of, of technology and social media. They're incredibly smart as to what happens in the world, in, in their community and in the greater world. Perhaps more so than than, than the adults there, okay, and then teachers and principal perhaps in, in, in some aspects. Okay. Talk about it. Okay, don't shy away. Mm-hmm. Discuss it. You know, support, you know, students who want to form a mental health group. I was involved in a group called Bring Change to Mind, founded by Glenn Close. Her sister Jessie, okay, has bipolar disorder. And I got as, as a volunteer, I worked there for about for about eight years or so. Okay. Great people, phenomenal people, great friends of mine. They're now in high schools throughout California and beyond with Bring Change to Mind student groups. It's phenomenal what they've done. Um, and it's, it's just openly, you know, I, 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 I do a thing sometimes when I do a presentation at a conference. I did one in Sydney here where I live. 600 people. It's just a conference. It's free to attend, so we get a, they get a big crowd. And I'm doing my speech and thinking, I'm going to try something here. I did numbers. I like stats work with me sometimes. I said, okay, you know, put my hand up. One in five Canadians with a mental health crisis in any given year. I'm one of them. Okay, and I walked the stage, and I paused, and I waited. I said, who else in the room? About 600, I had about five put their hand up. Like, come on. 
address it yourselves first, please. People squirmed. They looked away. I made my point. I'm at a Cade University six months later, do the same thing in front of 100 students, hands up, 60, 70, hands up right away. So do you think that indicates that, at least among younger people, that that stigma is diminishing? That, oh, no you know, acceptance of mental health challenges in, a, in a younger people, at the very least, they're saying, yes, yes, I... Yeah, yeah it is phenomenal. In our schools, yeah, I think that the pandemic has opened up a conversation about mental health, you know, with in, in our public schools, with our teachers. Teachers are leaving in droves because they are exhausted emotionally, physically. And then, of course, we have the concern around mental health for our students. They're, you know, and of course, social emotional learning is something that has been talked about in our schools today, how it's really important. It used to be that SEL was really pushed in this in the younger grades, you know, in elementary school, but we can really start to, we're starting to see more and more where middle and high school people are saying, yes, absolutely. It's something that we need to address with our students. And of course, you know, I really think what we have to try to understand is that social emotional skills are things that we are working on our entire lives. Yeah. You know, Definitely. and those kinds of things I think can if we if we change our perspective about let's just learn these skills. It's not like a skill of reading, for example, but once you know how to read, that's it. You don't need to work on it anymore. Right. But that's not even true of reading because the more you read, the better you get, the more the difference, you know, under understanding and perspective around the world that you have. So why should we think that any, any of these skills are a one and done? But I guess the question I'm wondering about is, that we know that from SEL research, it can help mitigate antisocial behavior in school or problematic behavior in school. What are your tips for school boards or districts or school leaders who want to empower safe schools and healthy workplaces? What do you think that they should be doing to actively promote mental well-being and health in their, their staff and in their student population? Okay, great question. One says that every time when when one want to think. Okay, everybody has that answer. Great question. Okay, yeah, it, it's a pause. Okay, yeah, yeah. They don't know an answer yet. As I kind of mentioned earlier, okay, there are resources available now more than ever. My situation occurred twenty years ago when I had my breakdown. But back then, there were there were no resources available, very little. Now you can't watch the news without talking about hearing about mental health, especially like you said, and Lisa, with regard to the, the COVID and so on. Okay, it's it's. People have never had anxiety and depression before, you know, have it now. There's resources everywhere, okay? In the U.S., you know, NAMI is available, okay, Active Minds for, for university students, okay? There's many groups available. Bring change to mind, like I mentioned, in high schools, very active. Mm -hmm. Go find the resources. Or find a champion in your school. And normally, I've what, what I've identified over the years, if you find somebody who knows the darkness, as I, as I call it, be it mm -hmm. personally, a spouse or partner, children, parents or whatever, you connect, okay? That person can be your champion to run this kind of, of thing. Students will be anxious to get involved, no question. You do a group, you know, have a meeting, uh, talk about it at, at what we used to call assembly. They don't know if they have assembly anymore or not, okay? But, you know, have an assembly and, and bring your stuff. A Zoom assembly. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Zoom now, exactly, okay? But bring it up, talk about it, okay? 
don't shy away from it. I think it's that's real. the problem, right? People don't want to talk yeah. about it. And they think if they don't talk about it, it just won't exist. Or that if they do talk about it, it will encourage it even more. Now, what do you say to those people that think that? They're foolish. Mm-hmm. They're ignorant. It's not going to cause people to no, feel no, more, no, no, have mental no. health by talking exactly. about it, right? Yeah, no, no, no. If I had cancer instead of depression, it would be a cute lunchtime and after work to visit me. No question. The two friends who came for it, as I mentioned, both said, I don't know what to do, Keith, but we'll figure it out. And we did. One guy used to take me for a drive around the city once in a while. I didn't leave my house for three or four, about three and a half years. So, so when he would call and say, let's go for a drive, it, it would change my week. Right. Okay, simple little things. There used to be a time when nobody talked about cancer, right? Yes. You know, hush cancer. Okay. Yes. Let alone breast cancer. Whoa, don't go there. Whereas now there, there, there are walks and runs and fundraisers for, for, for cancer. It's, it's discussed openly. So this is what you think needs to happen here too. We need to break open and talk about yep. these things. Talk about it. Put them on the table yep. Yep. and provide open and honest support. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And just do it. Like I've just said, okay, it. challenge, challenge the school board to do this thing. You know, uh, I fully agree. The chance to talk to you and at least right now today is an opportunity for people to listen and maybe learn something. Okay. Maybe say, shucks, we should do something more. It's a tough road. You, you, there will be roadblocks. No question. Okay. Stigma is still prevalent. I still get, you know, kicked back. The one thing that stood out for me in the, your book, Life Worth Living is the courage that each person has to share their story. Like that just stood out for me, like waving a big flag, the courage that people had to say, this happened to me. This was my journey. This is my story. And I'm not afraid to tell it. And I'm not afraid for other people to know about it, you know? And I think that that is part of the, the, the conversation of people being able to feel that they can come forward and tell their, their truth. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the comment on that, really, because that, that, that's part of what we, we try to show to others who, who, who read it. We have full productive lives. Yeah. We have depression. We have bipolar disorder. We have schizophrenia. But we, we thrive. Okay, like Kat Davis, okay, phenomenal friend of mine mm-hmm. in medical school. Yeah. Four years ago, she was in hospital because of her bipolar disorder. She's in med school, just finished this week. A phenomenal okay. journey. Others as well. Okay, who, 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 I mean, Ashley Shaw, who wrote in the book as well. Traumatic experience when she was a teenager, didn't share it, impacted her greatly, negatively, you know, terribly. She's a nurse now. Uh, and registered nurse again okay, studying to be an ICU nurse. She's phenomenal, but she has challenges. Sure, I mean, I broke my ankle many, many years ago. Okay, I was getting ready to go to a party in Halifax. It's a four-hour drive from where I live. Fell down my back steps, broke my ankle. Didn't get to the party. I went to the cast, the physio, the whole thing. Right? It's still not hundred percent. Never will be. I don't expect it to be. Do I still have thoughts of you know some 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 bad days? Sure, I do. No, mm-hmm. you know. Physically, not 100%. I take a pill for high, high blood pressure now. I'm getting a bit older. You know, that kicks in, right? So, you know, but, you know, I'm not 100%. I'm not like I was when I was 21 years old. And mental health issues shouldn't as well. Of course. Of course, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah spot on. And I think, you know, for me, it's, it's 
just so important, okay, to, to share it, to talk about it, okay, discuss it. If I have one person, then I've done, I've had a good day. If, I, if I've helped myself, I've had a good day. You know, the idea of self-care is so important nowadays. I'm not good at it. I'm learning, still <laughs> learning, okay, to get, to get better at it, okay. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I seize the opportunity to talk about it. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, mental and physical challenges. Yeah, I, I I equate them because people may then you know understand. Okay, we all understand what, what a broken ankle is or broken leg, right? Right. But in dep- depression, you can't see it. You can't. It, 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 it it's kind of hidden. Okay, and, and that's a problem we have as well. That's why it is important to to express it. I think you know in in in, in you know opportunities like like this here now. It's it's just so important that that that. that it be discussed. And, you know, one of the questions that you mentioned there's a lot about what should schools and, and, and such and school boards do, address it. Talk about it. Bring somebody to talk about it. Just don't just don't ignore it or give it lip service. I mean, I, I've done a presentation and I know I've done many over the years and I know when I, I'm just a token invite in, person invited and they'll check. Oh, we did mental health. Check it off the list. And they'll do no more than listen to me for half an hour or an hour. I'm not that captivating. Okay. And I'm not that, I mean, you know, I mean, they have to do more. They just bring me in and listen to me for an hour. I don't mind. I'll take their money and then do my gig and, and be, and, but hopefully some in the audience I'll, I'll connect with. Okay. And that's what, that's what I try to do. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's the same thing with social emotional learning. You know, we, we want people to, we want mm. schools to be invested in the, in that work as well with the, with their students, giving them this, the social and emotional skills that they need to be successful in, in their, in their academic careers, in their emotional lives, in their friend, in their, with their friends, with their family. You know, we, that's what, that's what I think teaching the whole child looks like. It's not just teaching the intellectual child, it's teaching the emotional and social child as well. And it's not just, a little bit of mindfulness once 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 in a blue moon or a, a bullying assembly it's it's daily messaging it's teaching specifically the skills and giving lots of opportunity to practice and i think it's the same thing with what you're talking about here in that it's not just giving lip service to it it's actually doing something about it exactly exactly and lisa's you know i agree completely okay it's a journey for all of us. Yeah. Okay. We all have challenging times. You know, principals, school boards and such. I mean, if they don't respect their students enough to bring this kind of program like SCL and, and such in the, into the schoolroom, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's kind of my idea. Like, you know, you can't dictate this kind of stuff at all. You have to walk on them, create a safe environment, a safe classroom, a safe space that they can openly talk about it and that's like like groups like active minds which is big in the u.s bring change to mind nami others i mentioned active mind and bring change to mind because they're specific to, to schools are, are part of part of the you know the, the discussion bring them into your school right. pick up the phone or email and call bring change to mind say hey what well, you know i'm a principal what can i do ask right. don't be afraid to ask questions about it because it's, it's 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 important you're saving lives and you're making you know Children, teenagers, you know, have, have a more full, you know, happier, healthier life. I think, Keith, that that is where we should wrap up our conversation. I think it ends on a positive, positive note. 
So thanks so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for your thoughtful conversation. If our listeners would like to continue the conversation about this topic, please find us on Facebook under PAS Program. Feel free to ask questions on the podcast episode post. We'll answer them and we may feature the answers in future Facebook Live videos. Please join us for our next episode or listen to prior episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream. Once again, thank you for taking the time to listen to Social Emotional Us. To learn more about PAS program for preschool to grade five or the Emozi SEL program for middle and high school, please visit our website at PASProgram.com. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to our wonderful guests for this thought-provoking conversation. If our listeners would like to continue the conversation about this topic, please find us on Facebook under PAS Program. Feel free to ask questions on the podcast episode post. We'll answer them, and we may feature the answers in a future Facebook Live video. Please join us next time on Social Emotional S as we continue to explore how SEL can benefit everyone at any age.